Hey, this is Dan Savage from the Orlando Magic, and you're listening to the Penny for Your Thoughts podcast from the guys at Orlando Magic UK. Now it's over to Garrett, Mikey, and Paul. Go Magic! Now then, Magic fans, what's good? Um, Hello and welcome to episode 16, I think it is of Penny for Your Thoughts. Uh, as always, joined by good friends, Garant. How are you doing? Very well, thank you, mate. How are you? Good, man. Yeah, all well. Thank you very much. Uh, Mikey, you good there, mate? Evening, mate. Um, I just want to start the podcast by saying if Orlando need a 6-1, 210-pound point guard to play a bit of hard-nosed D and shoot a three, I'm available on a minimum deal. I'll take that now. Are we really that desperate? Well, it might no. be soon. <laughs> <laughs> we can't have reached that bottom level already. Mate, ask G, I can hit the three, so there we go. Yeah, he's not too bad, actually. Hey, I'm, I'm like something, I think I'm more Bill Murray out of space, Jam. <laughs> Doesn't that take you out of the reckoning of being a point guard for the Magic, though, if you can hit the three, so... <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, I'm introducing our special guest. <laughs> this is Ros Rod. Oh, start again. This is Ross Midlane, uh, Magic fan from the UK, very active within our community. Ross, thanks for joining us. How are you doing, pal? I'm doing good, thank you. Thank you for having me on on with you today. Mate, thanks for joining us. It is very much appreciated. It's good to have uh, different people on. Like we say, we like the, the blend of having fans from the UK, fans from the States, and also kind of your more star guests, shall we say. We like the blend. <laughs> yeah, so thanks no, for coming on, mate. Very no, much thank you very much. So let's move on, um, on to magic news. Uh, quite a busy week, in all honesty. We'll start with the the massive blow that the magic took uh, against the in the win against the Cavs. Little over four minutes played, and Markel Fultz went down. Uh, the injury has been shown to be a torn <laughs> left knee ACL. So I missed something. That <laughs> So if you're listening to the podcast and you haven't just seen G, he's just trying to hang on himself. <laughs> See how I'm busy reading, I've missed that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Make sure you see that on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, where were we? A, a moment of levity in uh, the injury of Markel Fultz um, as G tries to hang himself. Um, yeah, season-ending injury uh, as he's torn his... ACL out for the season. Far from great news. Um, we also saw a week where Mobamba withdrew during the Houston defeat. Did not feature during the Mavs game. Um, although he was lift, listed as active. Jordan Bone left the Dallas game uh, having caught a blow to the head. Uh, James Ennis did return and made his appearance against the Cavs. So we do have one player back. But news has broke within the last couple of hours that our opponents of last night, the Dallas Mavericks, one of their players, Maxi Kleber, who played 24 minutes against us, has tested positive for COVID. Uh, that means that there are implications for the Magic for the week coming. Uh, we don't know quite what they will be yet. The NBA protocols are very complicated. The statement reads from the NBA that contact tracing is being conducted. I've had a little look around what that actually means. Um, players and team staff are required to wear a sensor at times, which includes travel, practice, and in the arena. Close contact from those sensor data does not appear to include games. So if, say, somebody like Vooch is up close and personal guarding somebody, that would not class as close contact according to the uh, sensor data, it would appear, because they don't wear the sensors during the games. Um, we'll see what that has the implications for the week. The NBA requires a minimum of eight players available. Uh, so with our injury issues, we don't have a deal of leeway. Although on saying that Philadelphia did play last night with only seven players. Guys, quickly, what's your thoughts on the, uh, situation around COVID? Ross, what's your thoughts, mate? Uh, well, I think it's we've probably got used to some of the, the challenges that it's going to be with some of the sports in the UK. I think we've seen different teams go down with different play, uh, 
different problems with around COVID. Um, it's probably more difficult in the US. They've got to do a lot more traveling. Um, but I guess they're, they're still kind of in a bit more of a bubble. They go home less often maybe. And they, from what I understand, they've been given specific restaurants and all sorts that they can do. Um, it's going to be one of those things. I think Cliff had said it himself at some point, each and every team is going to go through some sort of challenge or battle against COVID and have some issues. This just might be where something comes up with the Orlando guys. Certainly. Mikey? Yes, it's worrying um, because I wouldn't say it's getting out of hand. It is, it's getting to the point where, I mean, that's, that's twice now, wasn't there? There's teams that have, that have been struggling fielding, fielding anybody because they've had all, all team players have been having to isolate. Um, I believe they had a player who wasn't even going to play in that game, basically suited up and just walked around on the court pretending he was going to play and didn't. And they just went with seven players. Um, yeah, it's getting worrying. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we might see like a two or three week break coming up where they just say, right, we'll just try and bring these numbers down and then try and restart things up again. I, I don't know if that's possible, but um, yeah, I, I mean, they're doing what they can. They're getting daily tests and and they're doing what they can with the with the testing and, and the trackers and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, we'll see what happens. But yeah, it's a bit concerning. Grant, do you feel a uh, circuit breaker could work for the NBA? Yeah, it, it looks that way, doesn't it? Um, I think something needs to be done. You can't have teams dressing seven, eight players. Um, there's more chance of injuries. Uh, we saw yesterday uh, Thomas Bryant of the Washington Wizards going down with a torn ACL on his knee. Um, now, granted, Washington haven't got you know the issues of having seven, eight players, but there's far too many injuries occurring this point of the season compared to a normal regular season. Um, so it might be worth having a circuit breaker um, just so you almost reset um, the situation. Um, on that note, though, um, it would be nice to play the Boston Celtics on Wednesday and Friday, bearing in mind they have no big men. So um, well, we'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll come to that shortly. OK, game review. We'll uh, have a quick talk about what happened during the week. Mikey? The uh, would you take the Cavaliers win the ninety four one oh five game? Yeah, uh, so the Magic got off to a bit of a slow start. Um, obviously, we had the uh, devastating news of Markel Fultz going down halfway through the first quarter. Um, but the Magic sort of picked themselves up, dusted themselves off, and got themselves going in the second quarter, which they won thirty six to twenty two, um, and then thirty two to nineteen in the third quarter. That was really the two quarters that. Sort of blew the game open for us then, and we and I think fourth the fourth quarter was mainly garbage time for players like Bamba. Um, Booch had one of his quieter games, I thought, um, but he still finished with 16.7 rebounds and six assists. Um, Dwayne Bacon had his second big night of the season with 19 points. That's a couple of games like that now, um, that he's had like that. Uh, Terrence Ross had 20 off the bench and he hit five threes. Um, and the magic improved to six and two, and really, um, it it was just a cloud over that game as soon as faults went down, wasn't there? So, um, yeah, it was a, it was a good win, but disappointing, obviously losing Markel. Ross, how are you feeling uh, watching Markel go down? Did you have any interest <laughs> in the game afterwards? Uh, yeah, it was definitely difficult. So I tried to watch that game the day after. Um, and I did keep it a surprise and it's not a surprise I wanted to keep, but yeah, it was definitely hard, definitely difficult to see. And it's kind of just earth shattering a little bit for a team that started off so well. And, you, you know, you start to build up hope. Um, and yeah, it's just maybe kind of killed a bit of momentum that this, you know, this, the start of the season gave us. Yeah. Now, thankfully, after uh, Grant's rant on our WhatsApp group between Mikey myself and Grant over the Mavericks game. He's got the Rockets to talk about. <laughs> yeah, that's all right, isn't it? <laughs> yes, yeah, so... on be banned on YouTube otherwise. <laughs> so we then faced the Houston Rockets on our first trip to Texas this season. We lost the game 132-90 to and dropped to 6-3 and three for the season. 
Uh, we were again without Evan Fournier, Mark, Michael Carter-Williams, uh, Mark Fultz added to that injury list. Um, in addition to Aaron Gordon, who was being rested for his hamstring, uh, but with the promise of him playing against Dallas the night after. Um, so we started with a lineup of Cole Anthony, uh, Dwayne Bacon, James Ennis, uh, Gary Clark, and Nick Vucevic, which is 20% of our uh, best starting lineup. So you can see injuries have really hit us hard. Um, Vucevic led the team with 22 and 12. Um, the only other real contributor was Cole Anthony, scoring 15 points on 6 of 14 shooting. Uh, Mo Bamba did get some mop-up minutes in the fourth quarter, uh, registering 12.7 rebounds in 13 minutes, but he did leave the game with a lower back strain. Um, it was a dire performance. Um, some other stats just to read out. We only got 17 assists for the game to the Houston Rockets, 34 Houston shot 22 of 47 on three-point shots um, and 56% field goals to our 38. Um, Some notable players there. PJ Tucker making five of seven on threes. Ben McElmore, five of five. Um, Wood making 22 and 15 rebounds, which is a career high for him on the boards. Um, And Harden barely had to play the second half, registering 15 points, 13 assists. Um, I think Clifford said it best with his pre-game, uh, post-game interview, where he literally spoke for 30 seconds and said, this game had a lot more to do with a lack of readiness and a lack of professionalism and a lack of effort than it did talent. So it was a scathing remark on the team. He expected better. Um, and, you know, it's one to, to forget about and move on. Yeah, it's a real slam of a comment, isn't it, from the coach at the players, that one? Yeah. So it leaves me with uh, the Mavericks from last night. Um, yet again, another loss, unfortunately, uh, 98 to 112. I think we can keep this one fairly simple. Um, even though Dallas lost three of their top five scorers, they raced off in the first quarter with a 36-point quarter. Um, by half time, Dallas were shooting 53% from the three. Uh, having hit 10 of 19. Conversely, we'd hit 2 of 15. That's just a a terrible statistic. Uh, Dallas had tied their franchise record for made threes in in a half. Uh, The only thing that was keeping us in it was our low foul rate and very few turnovers. Um, The only twos we made, sorry, the only threes that we made in that first half were two very deep into the second quarter from Gary Clark late on. Uh, third quarter, we did start off quite well, made a nice 15-1 run. Um, Aaron Gordon and Cole Anthony both knocking threes in. But look, we just saw Luka Dantic hit a buzzer-beating three by the end of the quarter. Um, that was their 16th of the night. They'd moved to a 75-85 lead. By the close, it had increased to 9812 uh, 14 point difference but when you look at uh, the difference in three point shooting they hit 50% 2040 we hit 19.4% 6 out of 31 in a game that you lose by 14 points that's a difference of 42 points in three point shooting it tells the story it tells the story bright spots Vooch knocked in his seventh double-double of the season. Um, I felt Terence Ross was harried all night by Wesu Wondu, who really seemed to have a point to prove to uh, our management. Um, and, hey, from there, if, if Garant wishes to make any comments around the rest of the game, feel free, mate. Well, Trey Burke always kills us. <laughs> Every time, be it for Utah, be it for New York, Anybody he plays for, he just loves playing us. Um, you know, he took his shots, he made them. Um, so you can only applaud him, but it's very frustrating as a as a Magic fan to have to watch somebody like him, who is, you know, he's a journeyman, and he got signed by the, um, by the team just before the bubble. Um, so he's available. So he's the type of player, you know, you want to try and bring in, I suppose. 
Um, I've not seen anything about Doncic and his um, getting away with everything, but there we go. Yeah, you felt it should have been tossed, didn't you, G? Yeah, I mean, you get a technical, and then the second in the third quarter, I think it was, he was getting um, a bit annoyed with Aaron Gordon's defence on him, which was pretty good in fairness, and I thought we played him well. And there was one possession, and I think he just chucked the ball away. Now, if that was anybody else, if that was a Vucevic for us, the technicals would be coming out. Um, it's just frustrating that, you know, we don't get it both ways. That's, that's all it was. I'll, I'll ask you the question, though. Would you have been happy if it was Vooch and he got tossed for that? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry to do that, mate. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, though, when he threw that ball away, didn't it go in as well? No, of course it didn't. Uh, there was one he threw up to the basket. It banked in off the... Didn't it? No? Oh, I think that one did. No? Right. I'm thinking Look of the wrong it. one. You I don't want to it. watch it back. You look at it last night, Dantich, as well as we played him, knocked in a triple-double. Tim Hardaway, what was it, uh, 36 points game leading? Fair play. I know uh, he's not everybody's favourite cup of tea, but uh, he played well against us last night. And like you say, Burke, eight of nine from beyond the arc, superb. So, 10 games in, we uh, are a six and four record. Um, we'll have a conversation around tanking shortly. But how are you feeling about the um, the start with say with six and four start so far, Ross? Uh, for me, it's probably about where we I would have expected to be, given that if you looked at the schedule, have we done it in a conventional way, or have we done it in an Orlando Magic way, where we've took some big wins and. You know, had some pretty bad losses, yes. Um, but if you look at the start of the schedule, you know, Philly, Miami, the two games in Texas, you probably expected to lose when you seen that schedule. And you, being realistic, you probably expected to drop one or two of the Washington games, maybe. I did anyway. Um, so if anything, probably doing better than what I expected. Obviously, being six and two was a massive high, and then with Markel going down and then the, the low, the bad two before. Yesterday wasn't as bad, but the two performances since then as well, it's been a bit disappointing. Um, yeah, it's just going to be a bit of a rocky couple of weeks, I think, now going forward. Anything that you'd been particularly happy with or any great surprises for you? Uh, I don't think there's been anything surprising. I think you've got what you've got out of the people. Um I think the first couple of games, it was getting to the free throw and the, and the free throw percentages, which was a surprise. Um, I think Vooch has been absolutely unreal. And I'm, I think he, you know, last season, you know, the season he was an all-star and I think he's probably even playing better than that. And I didn't expect him to be able to play better than that. Um, but other than that, no, I think if anything, the surprises have been a few disappointments. I think Gary Clark's been a disappointment after what he was, you know, back at the last season. Um, and I'm trying to think, but yeah, no, nothing. I don't think there's anything super surprising so far. Grant, I'll throw it to you, mate. Your opinions. Yeah, you yeah uh, six and four is probably about right. But if you take us back to, I think, week Thursday ago, when we were, was it four and oh, uh, we had more healthy bodies, you know, even four was still there. Um, you'd probably look at us probably getting to about seven and three. Um, beating Oklahoma at home, that should have been a given. Um, so six and four is probably about about fair, you know, given you, you lose a couple of games, you win some games you shouldn't win. Um, but in terms of the season, it's been a good start, um, other than the injuries. Um, in the mix with the higher seeds, where some other teams that you might see can competing regularly normally um, are struggling, the likes of possibly Toronto, um, Miami. Um, but we thought it was going to be more of a developmental year for um, you know the likes of Markel, Mo Bamba, etc. So to have them go down um, and not feature so so much, Chumo Kiki's another one, um, is a little bit disappointing. Um, but the only thing is it opens the door now for Cole Anthony. Um, give him the keys, see what he can do. Um, um, other than that things we've done well 
we've looked after the ball well. Our turnovers have been, you know, kept to a minimum. So Clifford's instilled that into the team. So that's another positive, I'd say. Mikey, throw it to you, mate. Yeah, I, I didn't have the highest expectations going into the season. I think we we're all a bit... Um, I think we we're all downplaying what they could potentially do. Um, I don't know what you guys feel. I actually feel a bit robbed after after the first 10 games, especially with Markel going down. Um, we had the easiest schedule through the first six or seven games. So that obviously played into our hands as well. And we, and we took care of business. Um, the biggest surprise really is I think I'm disappointed we didn't start seven and one. We really shouldn't have dropped that OKC game at home. So we could have started seven and one. Um, but it just feels like this franchise cursed sometimes, doesn't it? With all these injuries we keep getting. And you just think, well, last year we didn't get the chance to see this team uh, healthy and play together and see what they could actually do. This year we're going to get robbed of that chance again with Isaac out, Foltz out, um, and all the other players that are, that are having their injury problems as well. Um, so the fact that we started six and four is great. Um, it just feels like that Foltz injury just, it's given me a bit of a sinking feeling, to be honest. Um, I want to be positive. There's still loads to play for. G's already said it. Cole Anthony's got a hell of an opportunity now to to cement, not cement himself as the starting point guard, but to really put the keys in his, give him the keys and really develop this year and take a leap that he probably wasn't going to get the opportunity to. Um, I still think Clifford's going to want to bring him along a little bit slowly. Um, and when Fournier's back, we'll probably see him handle the ball a lot more than we probably like to, but we need that now at the moment. And we saw AG doing that at points um, last night in the Dallas game. Um, so I'm, I'm happy that we've had a really good start to the season, but it doesn't feel like a winning start because of Fultz's injury. But hey, there's loads of play for, so we'll see what they can come up with. Yeah. I mean, for me, I know we, in one of these, we, we were recording, and I think I said at the point before we even started the season, if we were at six and four at the end of the 10 games, I'd be happy with that. Exactly what you guys have said. I feel that we could actually be at a better record than that. Um, any optimism I'd got has been severely deflated by the injury curse as it struck again. For me, the biggest surprise I had prior to the Fultz and Akiki injuries was how easily the team has moved on from DJ and Wes. Um, it just seemed to give the... It, it seemed to transform the bench unit. Um, we've said it before. MCW was freed up. Uh, Cole Anthony had got has, has definitely got game and he was comfortable playing at the pace. We weren't dropping off. Uh, and it was so it was just the kind of improvement in the bench for me that was the real surprise. It moved on much quicker than I expected. It really did. So let's address I just it. Add one more surprise, sorry. Yeah, go Ross. Ken Birch in a free. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and it wasn't even like a one that just banged around, it was straight whooshed. It's hard to argue against that, mate. It's hard to argue against. <laughs> there was a video of Ken, though, in the off-season. I think he hit about 13 threes in a row. Do you see that? No, yeah. I didn't. It's, it's very much so like been Ben working on it. Yeah. I mean, again, Ken, as part of that bench unit, the development he's had has been really excellent. And it's great to see because yeah. the guy deserves every opportunity he gets. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw one more in there. Dwayne Bacon, I think he's yeah. slotted straight into that starting position really, really well. When you think he wasn't even getting a look in with Charlotte last year, um, mm. he's really supplemented that that starting unit really well. So, should we address it then? The tank talk that we're seeing on Magic Twitter, all over the place. So, as soon as Fultz suffered his injury uh, to join Jonathan Isaac out for the season. We saw it coming up. We saw it creeping in there. Um, we all saw the starters graphic that was shown during the Houston game, which was really quite painful to look at. Uh, when fit, Markel Fultz, Evan Fournier, Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac and Nikola Vucevic. What we were actually having on that night was Cole Anthony, Dwayne Bacon, James Ennis, Gary Clark and Nikola Vucevic. So, 
question is, how do the team progress from here? Do we embrace the tank uh, with the squad that we have? Do we play through and see where we can go? Or do we blow it up? Ross, if you don't mind, I'm going to throw it to you first. I think your team six and four, it's not, you're not tanking at this moment or you're not even thinking about it. You're, what, fourth in, in the conference? To even think about tanking at the minute is ridiculous, in my opinion. Um, and as a fan, I don't want to see them tank. Um, I think there's stuff that's got to be done, though. So for me, um, you need to bring help in at the guard position. I don't, I think what I the two games have taught me, and I know it's very early, but I don't think Cole Anthony's ready to start in the NBA as a point guard at this moment in time. Um, whether they bring someone in as a, like a bit of a veteran presence, I don't know. Um, that maybe starts or maybe just is there as a bit more of a mentor and then plays the bench. I, I'm not sure. Um, and I think a lot of people got high off Jordan Bone after the, the, the Cavs game, I think, because it you know probably ran on a bit of adrenaline and the shock of playing so many minutes. But... Again, I think if, if them two are going to be playing your guard position, um, you're probably not going to be a playoff team. Um, so for me, I think it's too early to be talking about tanking. I think um, it's going to get the calls is going to get worse over this week. This week's like probably the worst schedule that we've got throughout the season. Uh, but after that, I think there's about an 11 game streak where there's quite a lot of winnable games in there. Um, so I don't think you can judge the team until about another 15, sort of 16 game period. Um, take stock of where you are, if they make a move, if they bring someone in, um, and then they go from there. That's where I'd be, I think, at the minute. Excellent, mate. I'm, I'm pretty much with you, I've got to say. Mikey, what's your opinion, mate? Yeah, um, I put it in our in our uh, WhatsApp group, didn't I? I was, we, we were discussing it. Um, and I think emotionally after the faults injury, it's one of those things that you automatically think of. But yeah, there's still loads to play for. Um, Nikola Vucevic is having another all-star caliber season already. And if he continues playing at the level he's at and we can get players healthy in the East this season with all the uncertainty of COVID and injuries and all these other things that are happening, teams that are underperforming, other teams that are overperforming early on, um, that the Magic can still make the playoffs and have a good season. And if you're still looking at developing Cole Anthony and Tuma and some of the other younger players, then you want them developing. That's part of Jeff Weltman's plan is he wants them developing in a system and in a, in a team that's competing and playing meaningful games rather than when we've seen under Rob Hennigan playing just playing games and you know you're going you're gonna to lose when you step out on the court. So right now, absolutely not. No, keep playing. Um, try and win as many games as you can um, let's get through this gauntlet over the next couple of weeks and, and get some players healthy like Evan and and uh, get Tuma back and, and Bamba healthy um, and let's see where we can go because look the deadline isn't until the 25th of March which is still a good what 10 weeks away 12 weeks away so no there's loads to play for here but let's see where we end up sort of towards the end of February and then and take it from there but no carry on playing Grant? Yeah, much like the, the boys have said. Um, for me, if you're talking about tanking, um, you talk, you think about our front office and the, the way the organisation works, and they're not going to say, you know, let's tank. Let, it's not good for the fans. It's not good for ticket sales, whilst we've got a couple of fans, you know, being able to attend the arenas. Um, it's not good for morale of the players either. You know, you just want to just lace them up, just go and have a few shots and, you know, lose the game. And additionally, the draft has changed. The lottery, I mean. Uh, so um, you haven't got a guarantee anymore, even if you are the worst team. Um, the odds have been spread um, so that I think it's the, the bottom four uh, are quite even. So um, even if you did compete... Uh, and did miss out, there's always that chance that you might get l lucky in the lottery. Um, so I think we just need to ride it out. Um, we might have a couple of winnable games this week now if the, if the Celtics uh, aren't able to uh, field, you know, uh, a tall team, shall we say. Um, but Ross picked up on it then. Um, we need to bring a veteran point guard in, perhaps. 
Um, and I was having a little look at who's available. You've got the likes of Isaiah Thomas, Jeremy Lin, Manuel Moudier, Shabazz Napier, who we've uh, had uh, previously on the roster. Um, so, you know, you bring one of them in, steadies the ship a little bit. Um, but Who would you bring if, in, if you could? Out of those? Or if there's... You'd, you'd bring the they... biggest the biggest name. You'd bring Isaiah in, wouldn't you? <sighs> it's romantic to bring it. For me, I, I've toyed with it. I would probably bring in Moudier. Um, yeah. But I, the romance and the idea of I, like Thomas coming back and being... I mean, he's, he's talked quite a bit about... I'm back and I'm back to being what I was like when I was in, with the Celtics and in the playoffs. So the romantic side of that would be good. But yeah, I think I don't think he's ever going to be that player again, is he? Part of me would no, also... Was... Go ahead, sorry. No, go on. Sorry, mate. I... Part of me would also, you know, there's a couple of point guards on the Knicks. Um, Alfred. I'm getting any minutes. Not out well. <laughs> I'm an Alfred Payton fan, so... But no, I, part of me would like them to bring in Neil Aquino just to bring in another well the reason would be for um just to hear paul try and pronounce his name every week if he if he got onto the team <laughs> that's it we're finishing recording <laughs> the, end is, the end is here that's it good night thank you <laughs> <laughs> oh i'd be hopeless <laughs> he would be here on in known as frank <laughs> oh man yeah. you've gone there already <laughs> From a guest as well, Paul. Hello. <laughs> Unbelievable, that is. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I think, I think... we, we, we refer to it so often, and I'm quite I'm I'm quite open with it. All good here. All good. I think, oh, I, think I think is a good shout, though. I think he's probably one of those players. Personally, without making any moves, you really want Michael Carter Williams back, don't you? And I, I think I wouldn't be surprised if we started him. And bring Cole off the bench because then you've got James Ennis who's back now, who can who can who can provide that little bit of defense off the bench. So yeah, but Moody is a good shout. I'm sorry, yeah, Ross. Good... Don't with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sat here giggling, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, so to just to finish on the point, yeah. So I think we need to bring a point guard in. Um if things aren't going so well um, and we start losing and it's getting to trade deadline time, um, then the organisation's going to have to obviously look at pieces like a, a Terence Ross or an Evan Fournier, which I know some of you might be happy about, um, and see what we can get for him um, just to, you know, get us something in case we lose him for nothing. Right. From my point of view, I'm, I never embrace a tank. Don't agree with it at all. I feel it's completely wrong to the fans. Um I know it's a subject for another time, but I'd still like to see more of a change to the lottery system where it actually re re rewards those teams who are trying to get into the uh, playoff positions, not those deliberately trying to be bad. Uh, that's another whole other subject. So, as we always like to, a um, bit of guest talk. We like to find out for everybody a little bit about our guests. So, Ross, if you don't mind... Would you mind telling us a little about your Orlando fandom? How long have you been a fan? How did you become a fan? Yeah, so um, it's difficult to really put a pinpoint on it, but um, I probably started to get into or really understand basketball around 95. So uh, the re how I got into it was actually the kid across the road, they were a bit, old, a bit older than me, um, but he'd just been on holiday to Orlando at the time, but came back with a load of, Michael Jordan merchandise. Um, so yeah, he was wearing Chicago Bulls stuff. Jordan, I think if I'm right, that's the season. You know, just after um, Michael Jordan come made his comeback. So it was probably around that. And yeah, I think I just kind of latched on to you know the, the cooler older kid. Um, next thing you know, my Christmas list was I was getting a basketball hoop on the side of the house, one of those really bad ones with the red and white blue um, basketballs and like the pro star basketball, white and red hoop or whatever. Um, and then I think we went to all so we went to Orlando in 96. Um, and actually it was probably from there. So I seen Garayan already kind of shaking his head about the Michael Jordan story. So <laughs> And I actually went to Orlando um, 
looking to buy my own Michael Jordan jersey, if I'm honest. So that's what I was going around the shops asking for a Michael Jordan jersey, the black and red one. Um, I think my sister got the red and the red and black one at the time. I still remember it to this day. The guy that was selling me the jersey was like, why do you want a Michael Jordan jersey? You want a Shaquille O'Neal jersey. Um, so it was kind of from there. And then we went like a bit of a surprise for me. Um, so it was my birth. We went in the April and I think in 96. Um, so I was only seven, six. I was six at the time. My seventh birthday while we were out there. Um, and we actually went to one of the Orlando games against the Hawks. I think it was. It was like really late in the season. Um, I don't remember loads and loads about it, um, but I just remember, you know, I'd heard about this guy, Shaquille O'Neal, you want to get him on your jersey. Um, it's kind of like mesmerized by this giant of a, of a man that was on this, on this arena at the time. Um, and yeah, I just think it's, it's been from there. It's been one of those things. I think it's been a difficult thing to, to watch over and over again, or at the time it's a difficult thing to keep it on top of. Um, you know, I was only six, seven years old. I think we watched some, uh, Geraint might know better than me, but I think it was on like Channel 4, I think it was. Maybe it was it's called 24-7 or something. That's the one, yeah, one. on a Sunday. Yeah. After, An NBA was after, Raw, was it? Uh, yeah, after the Italian football show or something like yeah. that. Could, so we used to watch some of that. And then it's just as bits and bobs came on Sky as well. We I, you know, carried on watching it from there. Um, and then just, you know, more and more become available to watch highlights and then you know league pass and all of all of that stuff it's just become a thing i think another thing that kept me into it as well was you know having nba 2k or not 2k at the time but nba live or whatever it was at the time on the playstation it was a game that i got pretty much most years and for some reason just because orlando is like a second home to me it's probably sort of 12 13 times I always picked Orlando Magic after, you know, after that day, after getting that, going to see like Shaq and that, that Orlando Hawks game actually, I think is still uh, one that holds down a record. Cause I think Dennis Scott made 11 threes in that game. I still oh. think that's the record. I might, I might be wrong, but it still might be the franchise record that they, uh, they did. Yeah. So kind of how I got into basketball and just to, just to annoy Grant even a little bit more, I went to that Orlando Magic game wearing my new Michael Jordan jersey. Oh, mate. <laughs> I did leave, though, by, by, well, by the end of the holiday with a Shaq jersey as well, or a white Shaq jersey. Saw the light. <laughs> yeah. Grant, it brings you on to uh, what you wanted to ask Ross. Yeah, well, I, I, you might have answered it already, but I was going to ask, who is your current favourite player and your all-time favourite player? So my current favourite player probably won't be a massive surprise and it's not anything to do with his name, but it's Terence Ross. Um, he, I still think there's nothing. When he's on it and he's absolutely letting rip and he's on fire, it's the most, you know, you get, you know what you're going to get out of it, it's consistency, but when Terence Ross is on fire, for me, it's just the most exciting part about, about watching the Orlando Magic at the minute. Um there's nice, like, I'm a big Jonathan Isaac fan as well. So um, he was becoming, you know, to me, on his way to becoming a real big, big, big player for us. So, um, but yeah, Terence Ross by far at the minute is is my favourite player. And all time is actually T-Mac. So, um, yeah, just I've just always, I mean, you've watched T-Mac play, you can understand why anyone would have him as their favourite player. So Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. so missed, if you would put sorry Jay, Go on, I was mate. just going to say I missed uh, one of Terence Ross's uh, big moments didn't I when we went over for the playoffs yeah you did you did his half court shot so I don't know if you're oh. aware so his half court shot in game three I'm stood in the queue to go to the toilet so all I can hear is a cheer so I completely missed that point anyway it was still, it was still down pretty bad at that point right now yeah 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 we, we made a fist of that game. We did come back and have a really good go at that one. Yeah. That, that was an amazing atmosphere to be in. So, G, go with your second, mate. Yeah, the second one then is, um, can you give us your all-time Magic starting five, bearing in mind you've been a fan for so long? So, for my all-time five, it would be, you know, there's some obvious ones in here. Well, my total five is probably the most obvious one. So, it would be Penny... It would be Dennis Scott because of that game. Um, 
you know, when you're in a game, when you see some guy make 11 three-pointers, it's it's pretty special. T-Mac, uh, Dwight, and then Shaq. You have to put Shaq, uh, Dwight at the forward to make it work, but as far as I'm aware, he's a new point guard now, so he can play at the four for me. <laughs> cool. So, just to follow on from what you've said, um, your best experience at a game and favourite games you've attended? So I've only been to five games, I think, in total. Um, so that first game, um, when I was a kid, I was like, like I say, it was just before my seventh birthday. Um, and then I went to a couple in 2008. Um, and if I can remember correctly, we played the Kings and the Bulls. Um, and then I went to, to two games just before... Um, well, a couple of months before all of this COVID stuff. So I went to the Raptors and then the Suns in November, not last year, now 2019. Um, the problem I have is I, I've not been, well, I've not been to a meaningful game, I would say. Um, I've been to a lot of the, the, the four games that I can really remember um, were early season games, sort of around the October, November games. Mm. Um but definitely the ones in the old arena, the O arena, the Orlando arena, the Amway arena, whatever you want to call it, they definitely feel a lot more um, special to me. Maybe the first game still. Um, that was the last game of this, the last home game of the season before the playoffs. So there was still a bit of a buzz around that one. Um, but I think the, at least the Raptors game I went to in 2019 was um, terrible because I was just sat with all the Raptors fans. So, and there was a lot of Raptors fans in at the time. So yeah, it wasn't, I don't, I don't know. And I know that, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, it was just the atmosphere was there, there. It still feels a bit sometimes at home, there, like away games still a little bit, or there, there, there's a lot of other um, things. So yeah, probably the first game will always be the, you know, the special for me. Now, Mikey, we're following on a little bit from my talking about how, the affection I have for the first years, the 2015 blue jersey I bought. So you've got a question that you wanted to ask, Mike. Yeah, it's it's really a question for all of us because we haven't really done this on the podcast. So Ross first, what's your favourite jersey that you own? So I own quite a lot of them. Um, I own the grey one, which people don't like. I actually really like that one, um, controversially. Um, the sleeved the one. ones that controversially the sleeved one yeah sleeved i actually one. really I, I just didn't like the collar um for me it's still this one at the minute so the classic one from two years ago is my favorite anything classic anything with pinstripes so you know the the three main ones the blue the black and the white pinstripe are by far and away my favorite i prefer this one because i like the night jerseys i like i don't actually miss the stitching the stitch jerseys these are more comfortable for me to wear um so i actually really like yeah the 2000 or is it 2018-19 classic jersey that's probably my favorite one paul right i'm i'm uh, with ross that's mine that's exactly the jersey i've got sat here the i, I think it's a lovely jersey it it looks good i think it was one of the best jerseys around in the league and I think it was a real shame that we didn't keep it. Um, I would love to see us bring bring it back. But I also like the one that you're wearing, Mikey. That's another one I really like. The the Nike jerseys definitely fit well, don't they? I think they're yeah. a better fit than, like, this is a Mitchell and S one. But I would say the Nike ones probably feel that a little bit more comfortable. G, what's yours, mate? <laughs> You'd be surprised to know it's the exact same one. Um, I've got mine hung up there, my Anderson one on in the back, but I'm wearing the original Penny Hardaway champion stitched authentic one, um, which is probably my rarest jersey. But in terms of fit, comfort, etc., and I've got Nick Anderson on, on the shirt, um, that is my favourite jersey. I'm going to go with my uh, Mitchell and Ness T-Mac Stars jersey, but really it's going to be, if you can see, the uh, throwback original that I bought in 2002. I've got cracked numbers and letters and stuff all over it, but that's never getting thrown because that's the first one I had. So uh, uh, before I ask Ross the last question, um, you said your first game was 96 against the Hawks. 
little bit of uh, it popped up on magic on the magic's youtube channel the other day i've actually got it here um the hawks game there's a like 17 18 minutes worth of highlights on there i don't know if you've watched it i actually watched it today just oh, did you? <laughs> yeah um but yes yeah, so i think they're doing a new thing aren't they where they do like classic a few classic highlights so yeah so that was, first game with uh, with those 11 Dennis Scott threes are on there for you. So you can watch that. Um, and then the last question, um, are you a guy that likes staying up? So in the UK, it's obviously we're, we're in a different scenario. We don't get to watch many games live unless we're um, lacking sleep. So do you like staying up early or, or, or until the late hours of the night? Or do you like getting up early the next day? What's your... Um, for what me, nothing beats sport than watching it live. Um, I try my best to, uh, and even, I don't know why, but even when you watch it back, it just doesn't feel the same knowing that it's not live. Um, that being said though, I do, I do have a cutoff. So if the game doesn't start before midnight, occasionally half 12, I will try my best to watch it the next day. My problem is I just, for whatever reason, I, I can't keep it a, a secret. The score, it always appears no matter what I do, like, so today I, I, I didn't stay up to watch the Dallas game. Um, but then first thing I do, I looked, I, you know, I've muted the Orlando Ma before the games now that I'm, I am staying up to watch, I'm not staying up to watch. I'm going on the Orlando Magic UK Twitter and silencing that for a week just to, to make sure it doesn't come up. Uh, I'm not going on social media, but then, you know, I was just checking back and I just seen the Orlando Magic app had messaged the score and then that was it ruined. So yes, I for the most part I like to stay up live where it makes you know where I can Friday and Saturday night especially if it's especially midnight games, um, or if it's a big game. But yeah, other than that, I'll I will try and catch up if not. I I have to say we've got a for those that aren't aware we have got a little bit of a UK Twitter chat group. Um, it is based around UK fans, so we're all up and around at the same time. The dedication of some of those guys is absolutely phenomenal. That it doesn't matter if we are tipping off at half one, two, three in the morning. There is a hardcore of people who are staying up to watch it. Hats off to them. I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy if with a midnight tip I make it to half time before I'm snoring. I was going to say you try, Paul, don't you? But you normally end up with the foot, with the face, with the uh, iPad led on you when you. I I will dribble. I mate, I will. <laughs> if it's a midnight tip, what I tend to do is turning around quarter midnight, stick the iPad up at the side of the bed, um, and my wife will often say, "You didn't even make it to the national anthem, did you?" <laughs> 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 the number of times I wake up and it's like I've, I've perhaps watched the first two or three minutes. I wake up and I think, well, what, what's the score? Look at the not realizing I've been asleep. Wake up and see that there's now 42 points additional to each side. I've got no idea. Collapse the iPad down and we'll start it afresh again <laughs> in the morning. So I end up watching what I've already watched just in case I missed some of it. No, I, I really should just accept that I can't stay awake these days. The one good no, thing for what? me is, so I am working, like I've been working from home since March, so um, I used to stay, if it was a midnight game and I'd have work, I would stay up as still and then I'd be getting up, you know, at seven on three hours sleep or whatever. So at least now work, with working from home, I'm on, I'm on my own all day. I can just set up the iPad next to my work computer and just kind of watch it whilst I'm working. So I might stay up less this year but that being said if it's a big game or a good game I will still say yeah yeah there's nothing beats watching it live like you said and having a few beers set it all up downstairs um the issue for me is um I gotta be up at six with the children so um if you're going to bed at half past two or three you've had it haven't you so um it's better to watch it live like you said stay up but I often find myself unfortunately having to watch it um, in the morning. But the only thing about the NBA app that annoys me is sometimes you might catch sight of how long the broadcast is. Yeah. So if it's an hour and 40, you think, right, okay, no overtime then. So it might be done and dusted. So you've got to just try and avoid uh, the running time of it. 
And then the Houston game, I think it said an hour 33. Like, well, if we're getting down early, this game's <laughs> over quick. <laughs> There was, there was what I think there was one game that was an hour and twenty. Was it might have been the Houston game, but there was one game that was about an hour and twenty, and you just yeah. like, yeah, it, it, maybe that wasn't a good one to watch, was it? Let's be fair. So game previews, Grant, do you want to take Milwaukee? Yes, mate, I'll do that, no problems. So we face the Milwaukee Bucks tomorrow night, which is a midnight tip, so suitable for everybody's uh, viewing company. Um, we sit at six and four, as do Milwaukee, um, who come off a 190 win over the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Cavs were missing a lot of players, um, but the Bucks were missing Giannis, um, who took a fall at the um, the game previous to that, which was a loss to the Jazz, 131 to 118. Uh, he went up for a rebound. I think he came down on his side. Um, it's yet to be determined if Giannis will face us tomorrow. Um, just a little look at the Milwaukee uh, recent games. So, like I said, they beat the Cavs. They lost to the Jazz. Uh, the two previous to that were two wins over the Detroit Pistons uh, by scores of 130 to 115, 125 to 115. So they're scoring a lot of points, but they're also allowing quite a lot. Um, so yet to be... Um, decided if Giannis plays, but they do have a solid um, roster, including Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, Bobby Portis, Drew Holiday, Dante DiVincenzo, uh, DJ Augustine, as we know very well, DJ Wilson, Pat Connaughton, Bryn Forbes. Nice to see a Welsh name in there. Bryn <laughs> means Hill. Um, injury news other than Giannis, we've got Tory Craig out with a nose injury, so God knows how he did that. So we shall see how we go tomorrow. Ross, what's your thoughts on uh, the Milwaukee game? Do you think it matters if Giannis plays against us, considering how they've shaked up against him in the past without him? Uh, no, I don't. And I, I think as well, you know, was it one game against the Heat this year? They set the record for the amount of three-pointers hit. Doesn't bode well for us in how our shooting's been in the last couple of games. So, um, yeah, there's definitely... Not a game I'm probably looking forward to, if I'm honest. But, yeah, I don't think it matters if Giannis plays or not. I think, yeah, I'm, I'm not looking forward to that game either way. I'm, I'm with you on that one. So, we then also have a back-to-back -back against Boston. Um, it's one of those technical back-to-backs that we get in this season. We play Wednesday and Friday. Both have a UK tip time of 12.30am. So, I shall be snoring away quite well by then. Um I went into researching around all the stats around Boston. They're seven and three start, three and one at home, where they are offensive ratings, defensive ratings. And then you read the COVID protocols and think, I don't know why I bothered because it's all gone out the window. Um, literally, they are down to the bare minimum of eight players available. Those eight players that are available, six are guards and two are slightly taller chaps. You have... Um, available uh, as we speak. Marcus Smart, Jeff Teague, Carson Edwards, Peyton Pritchard, Tremont Waters, Aaron Naismith, uh, and then the two centres, you've got Daniel Tice and Taco Fall. I have to be honest, if, that, if either of those two games go ahead, I think Vooch has pretty much got a feeding frenzy. Um, we, they, they are absolute decimated. Now, there are possibilities that some of them may become available to play a game um, due to the way the protocols are set up, but that is a massive hit that they've taken. Jason Tatum, uh, Sammy Ogilvie, uh, Green, Jalen Brown. Brown. Yeah, Kemba's out. They also got two out properly injured anyway. Kemba um, has, what is it, He's been cleared to practice with his knee, um, but he's still listed as out. And then they've also got Romeo Langford, who's listed as out. The rest of everybody is um, down to the COVID protocols, which is including uh, Tristan Thompson as well. So they, they've took a real hit. So in all honesty, the research I did around where Boston are, it's absolutely pointless at this point in time. So 
it, we, we, we'll, we'll see where we go. So, Mikey, Brooklyn for you. Yeah, we play them on Saturday at uh, 11 o'clock. So, we've got a before, 11, uh, before midnight tip, which is ideal. Um, the Nets are five and five before they play the Thunder tonight. Um, they've actually got two days off before we play them. They play the Knicks on Wednesday. Um, they're four and three at home. Um, and they la- the last three uh, wins, oh, sorry, the last three games, they beat the, the Jazz and the Sixers and then lost to the Grizzlies on Friday night. Um, KD's expected to return tonight. He's been quarant- quarantining due to the uh, COVID safety protocols. Um, and Kyrie Irving, who said this week he just didn't feel like playing, <laughs> might play to, might come back tonight for them. Uh, he might not. Um, who knows? But uh, the Nets are third in scoring. Uh, they're averaging just under 119 points a game. Um, and they're third in defensive rating at 105. Um, and Kyrie is fourth in points per game with 27 points per game. Um, so, yeah, um, it's probably going to be one of the tougher games we're going to be playing this week. Um, <laughs> whether whether they're both back or not. Um, Karis Levert actually... Uh, put up 43 points against Memphis the other night. So even without either of those guys playing, uh, they've still got some firepower. Joe Harris is 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 playing really well for them as well at the moment. Um, they're five and five. Uh, who knows what you're going to expect from the Nets tonight tonight, but um, you'd expect it to be more of a challenging game than uh, maybe Boston. Yeah, yeah. So on to predictions. Last week... None of us got it right with the magic going one and two. Uh, I think, Mikey, had we known what we knew, you wouldn't have gone three and oh. Uh, maybe. No, I wouldn't. No, you're right. <laughs> if you've had that crystal ball to see the sort of issue around certain person's knee, I don't think you'd have gone three and oh. Uh, Grant and I both went two and one. Uh, again, hey, the injuries did for us last week. But there we go. So on to this week. Predictions, assuming that all four games go ahead. So, Ross, let's go with you first, mate. Sorry to be a downer, but I'm going to say one and three. Where do you see the win coming, potentially? One of the Boston games. Yeah. Probably the second one. I don't know why. The saying is, I mean, Steve Clifford and quite a few of the people are saying that it's very difficult to expect some teams to beat another team two nights on the trot. Um, I don't know what the thoughts are behind that, but it's something that they are coming out with an awful lot. So I can see where you're coming from with that, mate. Uh, Grant, go for it. Well, hopefully Evan Fournier will be back tomorrow. Um, so hopefully he is. <laughs> and I can see us going two and two, beating Boston twice. And it'll be great fun being able to rub Rich Barrett's nose in it. <laughs> oh, dear. You do like winding people up, buddy. You really oh, are. They wind me up. <laughs> Mikey, go for your uh, opinion. I'm going to go two and two. Um, I, I, I somewhat agree with Ross. I, I'm just going to be positive that we're going to get Fournier back. Is MCW going to be back? This week, I'm not quite sure what where he's at. Um, yeah, I'm going to go two and two. I think we'll win one of the games in Boston. I think we might beat the Nets. That might be the surprise. There we go. I'm very tempted to change mine now because I was going two and two. Um, I can't. I'm no. I'll, I'll stick with two and two. I I think that we will beat Boston with their issues that they have. I know we have huge issues um, around injuries, but with the problems that they've got and the, compared to what we have available, I can see us actually managing to take both those games. Milwaukee, I, I'm not one to be negative, but wow, I just don't see that being anything other than a, a feeding frenzy for Milwaukee, um, and you can almost guarantee that DJ is going to have himself a career now. Right? Do you know what though? If if you were to look at the season ahead, see this gauntlet of the fixtures, and you had said two and two, you're predicting two and two. Yeah. You take it. Yeah. You know, even with our full starting five against their full starting five, you take two and two. So it's not that bad if we if we were able to, able to take two. 
I think even worse that you get you get out of here, you know, three and one, one and three. Like I said, you're at what fifty, you know, by that point seven and seven, and then you look at the next eleven games. After that, there's a chance then to pull and, and make a, a run. Then again, I guess, but yeah, I think it's going to be. I I don't know if Evan coming back is going to. I think without Markel driving to the basket is going to be and Cole not having that sort of same size and power getting into there to then create the space for the shots. I think it's going to be difficult, even with, you know, someone a bit more consistent shooting the ball coming back. Now, the part of the week that G looks forward to, I normally dread, but I'm on the question end of it this week, so it's all good. Um, Tonight's question is based around league awards. Uh, The form that Vucevic is in, um, he keeps appearing... MVP tracker conversations uh, the potential that Cole Anthony is displaying and the big minutes he's going to be playing could we now see him rise into the rookie of the year conversation Terence Ross as with the big numbers he's been scoring at some point needs to be recognised as the sixth man that he is so Orlando have never had a league MVP, but we have won other league awards. So let's start off with, can you name the player who won Defensive Player of the Year for the Magic? And we'll go with Ross first before G jumps in with his easy answer. It's got to be Dwight, hasn't it? It is. It's Dwight, yeah, three times. G, what years? Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, I'm going to say 07, 08... No, nine. Oh, no. A bit before, mate. A bit after, mate. Nine, ten, and eleven. He won it. Oh, there. Okay. Yeah. So, next one. Can you name the two players for the Magic who have won Rookie of the Year? Anybody? Mike Miller. Mike Miller. Yep. Shaq. Rookie. Shaq. Yeah. Absolutely. Shaq in 93. Mike Miller in 2001. Yep. We've also had six man of the year on one occasion. Can you name who that was? Daryl Armstrong. Good man. And I assume that you can get the name of the year like that. Go on, G. 2000. See, 99. Yeah, 99, 2000. He was awarded, it says he was awarded in 99. (laughs) Well, it it started in 99, it finished in 2000, didn't it? Because well, that was, was the 99. <laughs> wasn't that the heart and hustle year? Yeah, mate, you know you're asking the wrong person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know basketball existed at that year. <laughs> so now this is the more difficult part. We've had several players appear in the NBA All Rookie First Team. So. We've had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So, if you want to go, uh, we'll start with Ross. Can you name one of the players who's appeared in the rookie first team? Let's go easy, Shaq. Correct. Mikey? Mike Miller. Correct. G? Dwight Howard. Correct. Ross? Penny? Yep. Mikey? Oh, um, I want to say... Is this NBA first team? NBA rookie first team. All rookie first team. And how many are there? Nine, I think I said. Oladipo. Wow. Correct. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, Oladipo. <laughs> yeah, get it right. Get it right. <laughs> Um, Dennis Scott. Correct. He was the first one. So you're now looking for some uh, for three others, three more players. I'm going to take a punt on Alfred Payton. Great shot, mate. Great shot. You're now looking at two others. Um, I don't think this is right, but I'm going to have to take a stab. Courtney Lee. No, it's not, mate. Not no. correct. 
Are we thinking way back now, or are we? Not way back More in recent. history. Not way back in history. Is this During current... the war? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> You've got what? Do you want the years? Yeah, no. go on then. 99 and 2003. 99? That was Matt Harpering then. Correct. I love Matt Harpering. Um, 03. Is that Stephen Hunter? No. no. Um, who did we draft then? Do you know what position they were? Wait. <laughs> I didn't know that much research. Oh, Christ. I, uh, was he a rookie? Tyron, Tyron Lue. Ty Lue. No, we no, never. No. no. Around that time, we drafted Reese Gaines. Definitely wasn't him because he was rubbish. Um, He's somebody I've heard of. Yeah, because he was on he was on David Steele's thing yesterday. Rookie to start. Do I tell you? Gerald Sasser? No. Give his first name. <laughs> Sorry. Drew. Gooden. Yeah, ah, of course. Yeah. He was he wasn't drafted by us, he was traded in the first season for Mike Miller. Well, uh, he was in the different well, Mike Miller was 2001, Drew Gooden was 2003, mate, according to this. I know, I know. We traded Mike Miller two years into his tenure for Drew Gooden, who was a rookie. Sorry, I get you. Sorry, mate, yeah. get you. That's Got cool. You. Got you. So, there you go, there's your answers. Good question. I like to try and get you something reasonable. <laughs> so guys um thanks very much for joining us i really do appreciate it ross it's been great having you on thank you very much for having me it's been a lot of fun and uh hopefully we have a week where we surpass everything that we expect and come up with a four and oh uh and fingers crossed for some good magic play so go magic thanks for listening You've been listening to the Penny for Your Thoughts podcast from the guys at Orlando Magic UK. Please subscribe to the podcast, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify and YouTube. Check out the website at orlandomagicuk.com and support us by using our links to the official NBA store and Fanatics for your official sports merchandise, including the NBA, NFL and many more. And you can follow us at Orlando Magic UK on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and YouTube. Go Magic!